Hello and welcome to Novel Times with Simi K. Rao. Please note the name change of the podcast to Novel Times, previously called Healthwise Book and Author Talk. I'm very excited because today is the first episode of my book club where I will discuss interesting and exciting old and new reads with some of my wonderful friends who are authors and book lovers just like me. Today for this book club, I have with me uh, Flo Parfit, Catherine M. Noor, and Jenny De Los Santos, all of them uh, authors and book lovers just like me. So let's go around and briefly introduce ourselves. Um, Flo, why don't you go ahead and start? Okay, uh, I'm Flo Parfit. I live in De Pere, Wisconsin, which is just outside of Green Bay. Go Pack Go! Uh, and I, uh, I am a writer, obviously, uh, our group is, and uh, I write historic fiction with a featuring strong women. Aloha, I'm Catherine Knorr, and I live, as you probably guessed it, in Hawaii, and I am the author of um, four novels um, in the Triangle series, Land Sharks is the first, and the most recent is Zena West Diary. And when I'm not writing, I'm an attorney in Honolulu. Hi, my name is Jenny De Los Santos. I'm a writer. I live in Oahu, and my first book I wrote was Falling Perfectly Without Trying. Great. Uh, and I am uh, Simi Kerao, your host. Um, I'm a physician and an author. I write women-centric fiction and also some poetry. I'm so happy to have all of you with me today, and I hope we have a great discussion. So um, let's start with yeah, uh, the title of today's book. It's called Where the Crawdads Sing by author Delia Owens, a very popular book. Uh, it was published in August 2018. So before we start discussing about the book, uh, I should probably uh, read a brief synopsis so that we all know what uh, the book is about. Um, so here goes. For years, rumors of the Marsh Girl have haunted Barkley Cove, a quiet town on the North Carolina coast. So in late 1969, when handsome Chase Andrews is found dead, the locals immediately suspect Kaya Clark, the so-called Marsh Girl. But Kaya is not what they say. Sensitive and intelligent, she has survived for years alone in the marsh that she calls home, finding friends in the gulls and lessons in the sand. Then the time comes when she yearns to be touched and loved, when two young men from town become intrigued by her wild beauty. Kaya opens up herself to a new life until the unthinkable happens. So, um, Kaya or Catherine Daniel Clark is the chief protagonist of the story. I personally felt that the plot is not uncommon. What made this special for me and made me give it five stars is the setting, that is the marsh, which is a living, breathing entity and is present in almost every scene of the book. 
So uh, this question I addressed to Flo. Um, did you feel the setting that is the marsh is as much of a protagonist in this book like Kaya? And if so, why? And are there examples of other similar books? Ah, yes, this whole story is driven by the marsh. So I agree with you completely. She was the marsh girl. I, most of what Kaya learned was related to the marsh. So obviously, I think in my mind, at least, uh, the, the marsh is as much of a protagonist as any of the characters in the book. Uh, as far as an example, I did read a book called Educated. Uh, it's by um, Tara Westover. And the book is about a young girl whose father isolated the family on religious grounds. They were Mormons and they moved to the mountains of Idaho. Um, so she, she grew up the daughter of a survivalist, fundamentalist, uh, anti-medicine, anti-education parents. And she suffered physical and emotional abuse through those years. But eventually she emancipated herself and she was educated at Brigham Young University in Utah. And she goes on to a prestigious academic career uh, that took her to Cambridge. This is, this is an actual autobiography. So there are some, a lot of similarities in that you had a young girl who was struggling through uh, very unusual circumstances and, and proved herself in the end and became very successful. Uh, Catherine, do you have anything on that? So I would agree that educated also is a good example of a kind of a similar type of book. Um, the Marsh was a living, breathing thing, but I still think that it was not as much a protagonist as Kaya. And, you know, I actually don't know that I would have enjoyed the book as much if the Marsh wasn't a you know, kind of like a protagonist, because I felt like I learned something by entering this world that I didn't know anything about. What do you think, Jenny? I, I agree with uh, Catherine and Flo. Um, okay. So um, is it okay we proceed to the next question? Yes. Okay. So this will be uh, addressed to Catherine. Um, the story begins in 1952 when the protagonist, Kaya, is only six years old and she watches her mother walk away from their shack in the marsh and she doesn't look back. Following that, her siblings also leave one by one and then her dad and ultimately she is left alone. So Catherine, how did you think Kaya's growing up in isolation affected her? Well, she was a, an abandoned little girl, and she was abandoned at such a young age. She didn't have any skills and had to learn a lot of things on her own. She couldn't read. Ultimately, she fortunately had a, uh, one of the, the young uh, boys taught her. Um, her language skills were remedial, uh, and she was socially awkward and immature. And, you know, with that with all of that, I think she was certainly more wild. And I, I heard you use that word in the description, Simi, and I feel like that's a really good description of her. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Jenny? I, I, I guess I believe in isolation 
affected her a great deal to communicate with people. She also had to deal with life on her own. It's possible in real life. All the kids with her, at least Kaya, the youngest, so she wouldn't be left alone. What do you think, Flo? Well, I, I agree with both of you. I don't know how it could not affect Kaya growing up in such an isolated situation. I, I think her mother probably could have made better choices, but finding out her mental state later in the book, it appears that she was not capable of even understanding that she had children for that matter. But yet she was able to find her sister, which makes it seem like maybe uh, she had some mental capacity in her. So I, I felt bad that she didn't take her daughter, at least Kaya with her. And I'm, I'm a little puzzled on that situation, whether she should have or could have. It's, uh, I, I guess, up to the reader to decide that. You know, I, I have a comment on that, Flo, because um, I actually think that with the siblings being older, that they should have taken a little girl, you know, uh -huh. or, or come back for her. Because yeah. it seemed weird that I, it kind of was unbelievable to me to think that that family that had quite a few people in it and all of them abandoned this little girl that none of them would go back and get her or none of them would take her. Yeah, it, it was kind of strange that everybody kind of conveniently forgot about this youngest uh, sibling who was only six um, and maybe little, you know, yeah, only six when everybody left or only her dad was left with her. But yeah, that was very strange to me. Um, so um, let's move to the next uh, discussion point. Um, so Kaya was only six when she was ab abandoned by her mother and perhaps not much time passed when the rest of her family also left. Um, so Jenny, this is to you. How realistic was the description of Kaya's growing up alone in the marsh? Do you believe it's possible for a girl to survive the way Kaya did in the book? To me, it's not realistic that a person can trust a young person going But And I don't believe it's possible that anyone can survive the way Kaya Since Kaya was so young at the beginning. I, from my experience, I, I don't think little girls can live without their parents or their brother and sister um, to help them, without them being around. That's what, that's what I believe. I have my doubts also. I, this is Flo. I have my doubts also that any normal six-year-old could not survive like that. Now, I, I don't consider Kaya exactly a normal child at that age because she grew up in the marsh. She was taught a lot by her, her brothers, and she did have some relationship with her mother up to that point, and I think she did learn about all of the creatures of the marsh and things when she was a very little child. I still have my doubts that she would be able at the age of six, maybe 16, but I'm not sure at six. What do you think, Catherine? Yeah, you know, um, isn't like age seven, the age of something reason or something where, where, you know, the a, a six year old is just too immature to make this realistic. Um, 
And, you know, something else, I already mentioned what I thought was unrealistic that the family member would abandon a very small girl that age. However, um, I also think it's unrealistic that uh, a responsible adult or government agency would not have stepped in and taken custody of her. Um, I think that just despite the fact that she did elude them, I feel like um, along the way, someone would have taken her under their wings, even jumping probably would have, or, or um, like I said before, uh, a sibling would have come back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wonder, like, everybody knew where she was, and she was alone, and she was so little. Uh, it was weird. Like, Catherine, you said that how did they let her okay. uh, be be all by herself? Yeah. Um, so the next uh, question is, it will be addressed to Flo. Flo will take that uh, if she would. Um so Kaya doesn't go to school she only goes one day and then doesn't go back so basically she is illiterate and she's educated by the marsh uh, until a few years later when her friend takes up the onus of educating her so how does Kaya's relationship with nature affect her worldview and do you have any examples of how her observations in nature impacted her decision-making? Well, everything that she knew, she knew about the marsh. That was basically her world was just the, the marsh. She peeked into the outside world once in a while from afar, creeping around the, the rivers and the, and the uh, forest area and uh, spying on some of the townspeople. But basically, her life was the marsh, and that uh, formed her whole relationship with the world. I, I wonder if maybe rather than her worldview of people did not come, or her worldview as far as the outside world, I should say, came more from uh, the uh, people that she observed and that she met along the way. Uh, the townsfolks, her family abandoned her, might have affected her worldview more than what the, uh, uh, the nature uh, affected her as far as worldview. Uh, and yet she gravitated to people because she missed that companionship. And that's, I guess, human nature that you want to connect with someone else uh, that is like you. Uh, Catherine, what do you think? Yeah, you know, those are good points, um, Flo. And I think you're right that the abandonment uh, really impacted her. She constantly was looking to see if her mother would return and, and expected her to. But what I think is interesting is that you look at this young girl who um, is pretty primitive and wild, yet she uses the resources in nature as currency. For example, rare feathers were exchanged between uh, Kaya and Tate as gifts. Yes. And, and Kaya collects mussels and uses them to trade for gas, for a boat, and other necessities. So she finds she finds things in nature that she uses for trade to to survive. How about you, Jenny? I agree with both of you. I think Kaya's relationship with nature did affect her worldview because our, um, her companion, 
her life and um, trying to fi- figure out what the what the world was beyond that that she didn't comprehend because she didn't she wasn't part of the o- other world. So the relationship um, she was very close with the birds and you know the marsh and the insects and everything and that that's what her worldview was um yeah and um basically she is smart enough i think she was very smart to use um the things she found in nature and to use kind of use them as barter <laughs> to get what she needed to um survive essentially so uh, even though she was only six she was very intelligent for um for that age i think so almost like she was pressured to grow up um uh, you know more quickly than uh, another child her age due to the circumstances she was in um so the next qu- next question um would be addressed to Catherine. Since Kaya was abandoned by her family and grows up in isolation with barely any human interaction um, except jumping in his wife, the marsh and its creatures become her family, and she develops a very intimate relationship with several of them. How did this shape her character and persona? Kaya is much more comfortable in her solitary marsh home. Um, She has a strategic advantage against anyone who encroaches on her territory. Um, Essentially, she has confidence in her world and has few coping skills or knowledge about the world beyond the marsh. And this makes her shy. And I think uh, others would perceive her as wild because she is so comfortable in this environment that is so harsh to other people. So she's kind of like more wild animal than young woman. And that, that really uh, shapes her character as others perceive her. And uh, so Jenny, your thoughts? I, I, I agree with you. Um, Kaya understood the way life was. And the creatures, because that's where she lived with all, all, you know, almost all her whole life. So, so the marsh had a molder into what into what she was at the end, because and she was to the marsh and the creature. She hardly had any concept of the what was outside of the marsh. I I agree with you, but I think that there's, uh, first of all, all the men in her life shattered her, not that the women didn't, because they did too, by the abandonment, but I think she felt safe with Jumpin' and Mabel, his wife, and I think safety, with there was some safety with the creatures and, and the marsh itself, and I think the whole thing was safety, being, feeling safe was, her, was the key to um, her survival. That's true. And, um, and um, nature basically, um, you know, provided her with comfort. And uh, she kind of went back to nature whenever she felt anxious um, or scared. Um, 
So the next question uh, will be addressed to Jenny. Um, I felt uh, Kaya had a very special relationship with Jumpin and his wife, Mabel. Uh, they took her under their wing. Jumpin is the one who owns the gas dock and bait shop, which lies between where Kaya lives and Barkley Cove. So what do you feel is Kaya's relationship with Mabel and Jumpin? And what is it about Kaya that draws them to her? Um, me. Jumping and Mabel was the only human contact. And so close to both of them because Mabel and Jumping, because they helped her a lot and they knew how to talk to her and how to have a relationship with her. And Kaya felt very, um, very close to them because they tried their best to help her. Yes, they, they did. They protected her. They, they uh, didn't exactly lie, but anytime someone came around that they thought was not bad for her, they kind of became very dumb. Like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> and and uh, so they did uh, reach out and protect her. They cared for her. They defended her. They were actually her replacement for her family uh, in many ways. Don't you think so, Catherine? So, Kaya um, did not approach Jumpin until she was desperate. She needed uh, some supplies in order to su survive. She watched him for a while. She sensed that he was a good person. He was a simple guy and a good person. So she approached him and he helped her. And then he kind of drew in Mabel, his wife, to help as well. And Kaya looked at both of them as kind of simple and good people, just like her. And what's interesting about this, the way I look at this, is that um, Kaya was kind of like an animal in this way. Um, she could, you know, it's kind of like a cat or a dog is drawn to a good human. It was kind of like how mm -hmm. she was with them. She could understand them and feel their kindness. That's true. Um, and uh, in a way, she was lucky that they were the, <laughs> who they were, I think. So um, so this question uh, will go to Flo. How do you feel about the two, quote-unquote, quote -unquote, <laughs> important men in Kaya's life? How would you compare Chase and Tate. I would say they were almost direct opposites. Tate, I think, truly loved her and only wanted what was good for her, but he kind of let her down at the end because he left and he didn't even say goodbye. He didn't tell her that he wasn't coming back or why he wasn't coming back initially. So he, he disappointed her to a, a large extent, but I think he did truly love her throughout the whole time that they were part. Chase, on the other hand, was a predator. He was, he was a bad guy. <laughs> and he took advantage of her trusting nature. And he was just scum as far as I could see through the whole thing. And it, he made me very upset and angry through the whole thing because you knew he was taking advantage of her. And that was upsetting. So what do you think, Catherine? So I think Tate understood the simplicity and the essence of Kaya. Uh, he brought her feathers. He taught her to read. 
And the, the feathers, the exchange of feathers was an, kind of a symbolic of that kind of simplicity and that relationship and the innocence of it. How, and then, you know, so he was kind of the more innocent and Chase was the worldly and, and civilized guy that was too, I would say the opposite of innocence, corrupt or something to understand and appreciate um kaya and she was too un, too naive to understand the danger of chase and i think we see this kind of thing play out in with regular teenage girls and so i don't think it's that different i think it's kind of symbolic of what what typically goes on when the freshman goes to college um and and uh you know i think kaya was when Tate disappeared and she didn't trust him anymore. And, you know, the only one she could gravitate was that to, to was this guy who wasn't, who was dangerous to her. What do you think, Jenny? Yes, I agree with you and Flo. Tate was a kind of individual that was very kind inside. He wanted to teach her how to read and about life and everything. He knew that she didn't know nothing, nothing in the outside world and all she knew was about the marsh. And for school, he really, really wanted to come back to Kaya, but then he wasn't sure if he could live in the marsh alone with Kaya, especially since he came away from her for a while. As for change, Completely different from Tate. He he really Kaya with no respect, and all he wanted was to take advantage of Kaya when they were, when Chase was was it with Kaya. He began and everything. Kaya didn't understand uh, about you know men that that treated people with like kindness compared to people that just wanted to take advantage of, of a person. So Kaya was really bruised and um, very, very upset with Chase at the end. Yeah, they were like um, uh, Jekyll and Hyde almost. <laughs> so um, good contrast of character. <laughs> um so the next question uh, will be addressed to Catherine. Uh, what do you think about the clear lack of women figures in Kai's life? How do you think she would have grown up differently if she had more female role models or female friendships in her life? Well, it, you know, it's kind of interesting when we look at how people develop, uh, you know, kind of gender qualities and manifestations of gender. She adapted to her world in a way that most people would consider to be more masculine. Her father taught her to fish. She had to provide for herself in every way. Um, and, you know, keep in mind though, she did have female role models up until age six and, and that does influence someone. And you see that she does things that are more, um, feminine later she gives gives herself a haircut she cleans her fingernails 
she puts on her ma's old lipstick. She looks in the mirror and notes that she looks pretty. So she is kind of, she does have that feminine quality. We see that she wears dresses that Mabel gives her. And um, so she is kind of, she does what she has to do to survive, which seems to be more masculine. That's also a feminine trait too. Women have done every, you know, women have had to do so much to allow their children and their families to survive. So that's sort of, um, you know, it's just maybe not a, a related to gender. Uh, what do you think, Jenny? Yes, I, I, I think that um, Kaya really thought about what, like, you know, the mommies, but, um, you know, color her nails and take care of herself and everything. And Kaya remembered all that. So, um, but to the point where she didn't understand um, at, later on about what, when she gets bigger, like, you know, when she had a, um, she didn't understand that part. And she was so worried to tell, um, to ask Mabel that. And Mabel really helped her with understand that um, what what administration uh, was. What do you think, Flo? Yes, I agree with both of you. I think uh, her survivalist nature got her through, and those were many of the masculine traits. But she did, uh, as you mentioned, with her mother, uh, pick up some things. Uh, her mother was very artistic, and uh, Kaya also was artistic, and, and that's what brought her eventually to be successful, her artwork and her uh, interest in and uh, knowledge of nature and insects and all of the uh, creatures of the marsh. So, um, but you're right, she went to Mabel. Mabel was probably her only feminine uh, influence throughout the whole book. Um, yeah, I think Mabel really uh, basically played the uh, female uh, female role model uh, in uh, Kaya's life after her mother left. Um, so this question uh, will go to you, Jenny. Um, Kaya grew up being ostracized by the community. She was called the Marsh Girl and an outsider. How did you feel about this? Um, did it affect the way justice was served or not? Yes. Um, for my opinion, I felt really sorry for Kaya because the the people outside didn't approve of her. And um, I felt so sad for her because I know that when a person hears negative things about herself, her, her self-esteem and the depression will kick in really fast. And, you know, Kaya didn't have anyone else, you know, in a marsh except herself. So trying to get over the depression and the things she felt about what people talked about her was um, really hard. And I'm amazed that she got through all that on her own. And did it affect the way justice was? Um, I think it, at the end, you know, the um, jury found out, realized that Kaya was a, like a, any normal person. 
even though she lived in a marsh and everything, um, she was very intelligent at the end. So um, I think they felt really sorry for her, but at the end, you know, to accomplish what she did um, was really What do you think, Phil? Uh, yes, uh, Marsh Girl certainly wasn't a term of endearment. Uh, it's probably comparable to using the N-word in the Southern community. And um, Southern justice on that day would not have been fair to her. And, I, and think, I think she was very lucky that she had a great attorney and a fair jury because they did come through for her. Catherine, what is your opinion? Yeah, you know, this situation is symbolic of most prejudice against outsiders and people who are different from a community's members. I mean, I think we see it as early as probably elementary school, even if everyone's the same color, um, you know, in this, you know, even, even in a completely white community, you will have certain children that are going to be found looked on as different and maybe bullied. Um, so, you know, whatever the situation, there's always those people that are outsiders. And for some reason, people kind of delight in um, picking on them. Um, she certainly couldn't have a jury of her peers unless they were birds and in, unless there were birds and insects on the jury. <laughs> True. Um. Okay, so looks like we have uh, kind of uh, discussed most of the points about this book without actually giving out giving out the rest of the plot. Um, so to kind of uh, end, uh, uh, let's go over the overall opinion of the book um, uh, one by one. Uh, we'll start with Flo. Oh, I, I love the book. I, you know, there were parts that were maybe a bit unrealistic, but I think I, first of all, I write about strong women and, and you have to find that Kaya to be a very, very strong woman from the time she was six years old on. So, so it was right in my alley there. I, I saw both the book and the movie. I saw the book, I read the book probably two years ago already. Uh, so it was getting a little bit hazy in my mind because I've read so many books since then. Uh, so I decided to go see the movie and it refreshed a lot of my memory of what the book was about. And the movie I thought was ex excellent as well. Of course, you know, they always have to condense a movie. So there are lots of things that are cut out or, or changed slightly. But I thought that was a very good movie as well. Uh, so yes, I would uh, definitely um, say that it was a very good book. Catherine, what's your thought? Um, so I did not expect to enjoy it, but I was comp I was really curious as to why the book was so popular. I, I uh, consumed the book on Audible, and before I had finished it, I went to the movie. I was so blown away by it, and especially the ending, which I won't spoil, that I, you know, quickly... Um, you know, went back to the Audible and enjoyed that as well. And I have to say, I, I listened to that book like every chance I could because it was so compelling. The writing was beautiful. The character development of Kaya was compelling. Um, the question was, how would she survive being abandoned in the marsh? And that question made it a page turner. Jenny? I... 
I think the book was very well written. It was great. Um, the author was able to go into detail, like about the flesh and the creatures and everything. And I was so surprised how an author can do that. Because for me as a writer, as a reporter and everything, I do deal with a lot of facts. And so trying to come yes. and, you know, about trying to yeah. describe so many things, I thought was very well written. And it made me feel like I was with Carl in the marsh, you know. Um, it was, I think it was very well. Yeah, me too. Uh, I didn't know what to make of the book. <laughs> so uh, because we had this uh, book uh, discussion, book for discussion, that's what <laughs> that's when I picked up the book and read it. And I just loved it. Um, and I loved, for me, primarily, it was the description of the marsh. It, it blew me away. And, you know, the way she every little detail, um, and the way she writes, um, just so so attractive so compelling and it was a really a page turner for me um and the wonderful thing about it was um you know I learned so much <laughs> I I'm you know by nature curious and I I I I like a book more if it teaches me something so I learned so much about the marsh and I just adored that part of the book so I I would say that you know, besides everything else, the story and the plot, uh, the main thing for me um, uh, is the marsh, <laughs> the setting. It was amazing. Um, so, um, so overall, uh, I, I think we would recommend this book, right? Yes, and I would like to answer uh, uh, Jenny's question a little bit on how an author can do that. A little bit about the author, uh, she and her husband lived in Africa for, I don't know, maybe 20 years, uh, and she was an environmentalist, so she did have a lot of the Marshall yeah. background that uh, led to that. I'm sure she probably did a lot of research as well, but uh, she, she did come from that background, so that made it even more interesting to me because I thought, okay, there's life. Yeah, I think she's a zoologist or um, yeah. the author is a zoologist. So it makes sense. But even then, you know, it's almost like her writing was so poetic. It was. It was. It, it was just, uh, you know, it was not like nonfiction. It was just so beautiful. And I loved it. And I, uh, you know, uh, kudos to the author. So uh, so we do recommend this book. Um, so please... Um, uh, do pick it up and you won't regret it. Um, anything to add at all that we haven't addressed? Nothing for me. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Sumi. This was a very interesting conversation about an amazing book. If you haven't read it yet, uh, go out and, and get it and uh, watch the movie too. Yes, and thank you, Simi, for having us. This, is, this has been great. Um, yeah, thank you very much, all of you. I, I just had a wonderful uh, time talking about this book with uh, all three of you. And thank you, Catherine, uh, for uh, contributing to the most of the questions today. And um, I had a great time, uh, you know, talking about this book and uh, analyzing it. Um, and uh, I hope uh, listeners, you uh, enjoy 
uh, this discussion and um, we'll subscribe to the podcast uh, for more uh, episodes like this. And uh, we'll be back uh, with another great read soon. Thank you very much.